0: You've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. Christians are going to learn how to be Christians. I, I wish there was a better way to say it. I don't think there is. And I don't think I'm putting too much on that. Christians are going to learn what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a Christian is you do the work of making disciples, not just hitting church. And not just even going to a Bible study. We make disciples. And so if that freaks you out, well, stick around. We're going to teach you how to do it. And it's not as hard as it sounds. If you know something good about Jesus, tell somebody that. If you know something he's told us to, all to do, tell him, hey, you should be doing that. If you see someone struggling in their finances, we, you know, we have a big financial testimony. God like, turned everything around once we started tithing. You know, Jen started getting full-time employment with salary benefits and all that. This whole thing, and then we have gotten out of debt. and all, So we can speak to finances like, yeah. easy. And now I can speak to road rage easy because he's delivered me from that. You know, There's some things that we go through, okay? I'm just saying you see someone struggling with finances, you like, you know what works is doing what God says to do. Why don't you give to him first, honor him first, bring the tithe back to him and let him throw open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that you can't even contain it all. Amen. All right, let's say this together. Ready? Go. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. Amen. Amen. I want you to open to John 17. John chapter 17. We're going to be in the whole chapter in the middle of the message. But first, I want to get a little bit of a recap. I'm retroactively putting the last two messages in our new Series kicking off today. (laughs) Two weeks ago, Pastor Carla was teaching us that we have to get the faith to activate. 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 Got to get the faith to activate. The faith to activate. And how how does one get faith? We got some kids trying. Let's see what you got. By believing in God. By believing in God. Ooh, that's really close. That's really, really close. By worshiping. And reading the Bible. Oh, see, I, th- I think you're even closer on that. Reading the Bible. Yeah, we're getting real close. Faith comes by hearing. It does. And how does hearing come? By the Word. There you go. Hearing comes by the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if you feel like you're low on faith, what do you need to do? Hear the Word. Hear the Word of God. Amen. That's right, Will. You need to hear the Word of God. And it just so happens that we preach the Word of God here. Amen. You should not care what I think about stuff. You should care what I say that's in here. Amen? Amen? And if I ever say something that's not in here, don't follow me that way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and tell me so. you would be like, I'm not sure. Maybe we can look into that together. (laughs) Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Follow me as I follow Christ, or imitate me as I imitate Christ. Has anyone begun saying that? We talked about it a couple months ago. We should be saying this. Follow me as I follow Christ. Anything in my life that you think is like looking like Christ, follow that. How would you know? Well, you would have to know the word. Follow me in those ways. You mean you're forgiven him for such and such? Yes, I am. Why? Because I don't have a choice if I want to be right with God and I want to be forgiven myself. Okay, thank you. I was waiting for it to warm up and you are like... Recognize that I'm telling you the truth. There's some contingencies in this book. If you, then I will finish this up for you. Close the circuit. Sometimes we just let that open circuit hang out there and it's like nothing's going. You got to close the loop. Last week we discussed the difference between focusing our lives as Christians in a palace or a campus, right? As if there's some sort of like palace situation or a fiefdom, which is like just a location, a little patch of grass somewhere. It's mine. This is my place. And we're expanding our view to what Jesus said we should be looking at is the kingdom. We have a king of all kings and he has a kingdom and the kingdom works a certain way. And it's kind of like not what we would live naturally. Is that true? Yeah. That's why I set a fire down in my soul, burn up in my soul because all my weird emotions live there. And all my weird backwards worldly thoughts live there. Burn those up. Let the wheat and the gold and the stuff that remains last. Let the stuff that you like last. We need to be kingdom minded. Remember, the kingdom has come near you. When we're out there, wherever out there is, because we're supposed to be in here for a minute, two hours, whatever. And then we're supposed to go out there. And this is the launch pad for all that. It's like they say when you graduate. It's like this is not the end. This is the beginning. We want to be focused on what Jesus himself focused on, which was his kingdom. His kingdom. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, He's like, tell you what, pray this way. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. There is a capital K kingdom that we need to be focused on. More than our little fiefdoms and certainly much more than a little palace. And we kind of have an extensive palace over here. Our campus is pretty big comparatively. Bless the Lord if we have it. We enjoy it. We can use it. And we're going to continue to use it to equip you to make disciples. Yes. That's it. Amen. That's it. Amen. We began wrestling with our own self-interests, like the man who, you know, had some barns filled up with some stuff. He's like, these barns are getting clogged. I got so much blessing. I don't even want to do it with myself. Ah, I know what I'm going to do. Build me some bigger barns. Yeah. Put some more of my stuff in it for myself. And I'm going to take it easy and I'm going to chill out and I'm you know, just going to collect it all for me. Me, me, me. Yeah, me. I, me, mine. I, me, mine. I, me, mine. We need to be rich toward God. Amen. Amen. Rich toward God. Say rich toward God. Rich but then you've got to like make it personal. Say I need to become rich toward God. Thank you. See, love to God wasn't shown because he was interested in his comfort and pleasure and not keeping the Lord's commands this smugness and self-satisfaction, I don't like it. It's like, I don't even want to be around you. I don't just have an attitude problem. That's just like global, right? We don't like it. Okay. God reminded us that he corrects those that he loves. Is that true? So if you've got correction coming from the word to you, you know that that's, out, that's born out of love. And if I say something from the Bible that you feel like, did he just correct me? Probably Probably, but it's the Holy Spirit being like, that's for you. <laughs> right? Even if no one else heard that message that day, you heard it because the Holy Spirit tailor-made that message for you. Amen. He let something I say come out and hit you right there. And then your faith began to go. I could change that. Ear right. gate got down into your heart and you're like, you know what? It's springing up. Yes. Amen. And who does God love? He loves his sons and his daughters. Right. Amen. He loves those who are his, who want to be his. I want to be married to Jen. Forever. And she wants to be married to me. <laughs> Forever. All right, look. So we're going to be married until death do us part. We're going to be married. Yes. And hopefully Jesus is going to come. We don't even have to die or be separated. Like We're just going to go, go up in the clouds together with him, hand in hand. All right. That'd be great. Now, I can't demand that. I don't know when he's coming, but it's got to be sooner now than it ever was. We're only closer now. I want to bring the last two messages into this new series, like I said. And keep preaching about Jesus and his bride, the church. You and me. What Jesus needs and what his bride needs. This series is called His Needs, Her Needs. His Needs, Her Needs. And I remember in some time in my life growing up and seeing this book, His Needs, Her Needs. My mother is a licensed marriage and family therapist and such. And so she has had this book. She's read this book. She knows this book. And it's talking about how to build an affair-proof marriage. But I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about his needs, her needs, like some guy and some gal. I was thinking about Jesus as our bridegroom and us as the bride. Us all as the bride. Now, men, you just got to go with me on this. because like, oh, men, you know, bride and wear no dress, you know. Nope. don't worry about any of that macho stuff. We're the bride of Christ. We're getting married to him, all of us. And there's a preparation that goes on before we can even get married. And Jesus has been doing all of the work. And we got to enter into our piece of the work, our preparation. We need to be washed with the water of the word. We need to be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, right? To be presented to him a spotless, blameless church. His needs, her needs. Like you're looking at the graphic, like what are you even talking about? There's the cross, which I represent as Jesus himself, right? That's Jesus. That's the... The bridegroom. And then in the shadow is like some building. Right. We focus too much on a building most of the time. His needs. And then you see the little shadow under his her. Her needs. The bride has some needs, too. amen? Amen. Amen. But he's got some needs, too. If we're focusing on the shadow and not focusing on the real thing, we're missing it. And I'm trying to kind of get us out of that selfish viewpoint and into Jesus. What, what are you saying? What do you, what do you want? What do you like? What do you, what do you need? Did anybody see Aladdin in here, the old cartoon from the 90s, what, 92? Aladdin with a genie. Oh, yeah. Poof, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? What do you need? We have needs, and it's okay to have needs. But we want to ask, what does Jesus need? What does Jesus need? This is message number three, retroactively, in this new series. What does Jesus need? Now, before we get into some of these scriptures, I'm going to come around and ask some people, what do you need? Look, don't try to church it up. Don't be super spiritual. Just what do you need? If someone said, what do you need? It better not be that Jurassic World blue mask. Was that what going to be it? That was going to be it, huh? That's what you want. Do I know you so well? I need my ears pierced. You need your ears pierced? See, I think this is going the wrong direction. I need to move away from my children because I'm not giving them these things. That, that mask is like $100 or whatever. Or I was like, that's crazy. For a toy? That's crazy. I need air. You need air. That's exactly right. Come on. She needs air. And don't we all? You're a human on this earth, right? What do you need? A Paycheck a paycheck come on you got hey if that's the way the money's coming you need a paycheck what do you need food food that's true That's true hopefully some Italian food uh-huh. Amen I need love love amen yes you do yes we all do shelter shelter you need some shelter amen what do you need clothes clothes that's right that's right amen and just you know let me just say this public service announcement when you go to school children put on some clothes <laughs> when you come to church adults put on some clothes like wherever you go big clothes up what do you need friends friends amen what do you need a job a job all right let's let's work it out who needs a job jojo we're on it we're on it Panda's hiring. $17 an hour was the lowest at Panda. So there you go. Hold on, Jonathan. We do our best, but good health. Good health. I need some good health. Amen. Yes, sir. What do you need? I need life. Life. Come on. Life. I like it. God. You need God. Amen. That's a good one. Fun things. Fun things. Well, okay. Spoiled. <laughs> what, Madison, what do you need? Water Water, come on, that's a great answer Paige, you want to come over here just so I can reach you? Family Family, that's a good answer That's a great answer Alright, Christian, what do you need? Another Halloween costume uh, sounds Ah, sounds like a want to me Sounds like a, another Halloween costume Say, how many do you need? That's. I need gas prices to go down oh, She needs gas prices <laughs> to go down Alright <laughs> Well, you know, Panda's hiring, and so you, can, one way or another, if you can't affect the government, all right. No, we have some needs, don't we? My answer? I Need Jen. Just need my baby. That's all right. Nah. Did I get points for that? Someone tell me I took got points for that. Oh, all right. Of course, I need you. But I need your mama first. All right. That's how the whole thing works. All right. Tell you later. Look needs is a bit of a misnomer okay I mean we use it weird but when we're talking about what does Jesus need what is Je- what does Jesus need Jonathan you wanted to answer this earlier what does Jesus need us us was that what you were going to say he stole your answer smart kids is that what you're going to say uh, hey hey that's so good that's so good I don't have anything to say. I was just collecting ideas for this sermon series. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I do. I do have some things to say. The Lord brought me my attention to some things in the word in Psalm 50, verse 12. This is a quick one. God says, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. He said, if I were hungry, if I got hungry, if I needed food, I wouldn't tell you as if you can supply something to me i tell you what, all the world in its fullness are mine. I already own everything. I got everything I need. If I needed something, I would eat it. I'd just go get it. You couldn't provide it to me. Does that make sense? God's not being rude. He's just being like truthful. I'm not going to put that on you. You couldn't do anything about it. We, you know, went to SeaWorld or whatever and they feed, you know, these orcas, all these fish. You know, it's like, what? That's a lot of fish. Imagine how much God would eat. Right. It's more than buckets of fish. Anyone see Beard Meets Food on YouTube? Guy does these challenges, these eating challenges with a big old beard. Maybe that's just what I like. But it's cool. he eats so much food, not even close to what God would need if he were hungry. We can't do anything about it. So it's not his. He's like needy like that. So it's a bit of a misnomer, but go with me on this. 2 Peter 3 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Okay, the Lord is not wishing that any should perish, but the Lord is wishing that all should come to repentance. What does he need? People to repent and get on his page. He needs that in order to have his wish satisfied anyway. But I tell you, if we go to John 17, and we should all go there together. John chapter 17. You were already there. I had to get there. Jesus needed to account to the Father for how he lived and what he accomplished on his assignment here on the earth. Have you ever thought about this? Jesus needed to account to the Father about what he was doing all these years he was down here. And you're like, all these years he only lived like 33? Some of you are like, "I'll, I'll be toast for what I accomplished before I was 33. Amen? Thank God he's patient toward us. And he gives us more time and he gives more grace. Because sometimes we're older than that and we haven't done as much as we would have liked to have done and presented to Jesus and when we're accountable and the books are open and like, here's what you did. Nothing. Nothing of lasting consequence. I don't want to be there. I want to be there. And he's like, look what... Look who you spoke the gospel to. Look who you discipled. Look who you taught something. Look who you held accountable. Look who you encouraged. Look who you saw giftedness in and prompted them toward action, living out their purpose. Look at this. That stuff remains. But that whole, I, all, all the seasons of Lost that I watched, burned up, Austin. All those movies on Netflix or whatever, Hulu, Prime, Plex. Movies anywhere, all that, all the digital codes I got, all that is going to be burned up. means nothing. What are we doing? Jesus himself needed to account to the Father, and he did it. And he had to live his life a certain way. Let's look at number 17, starting with the red letters. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. I glorified you. What did Jesus need to do on the earth? Glorify the Father. True? Having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. What did Jesus need to do? Accomplish. Accomplish the work that God gave him to do. Jesus could have just put his hand to anything and just did all kinds of work. But he said no to certain things to, so he could say yes to certain other things that God gave him to do. There was a time that he stopped carpentering or stonemasoning or whatever his actual occupation had been with you know, his papa, Joseph, so he could do healing the sick, cleansing lepers, raising the dead, preaching the gospel. Amen? Amen. Sometimes you got to say no so you can say yes to the right godly things. And we fill our lives up with so much. Jesus was disciplined. He went out early and he prayed for long periods of time to find out what God wanted him to do. How are we doing with that? Getting away alone with God and asking, what do you want me to do today? And then every day you do that. Is that our practice? Maybe not yet. Should it become our practice? See how I just breeze through that real quick so you don't have to feel a whole bunch of conviction? Just like just just enough to be like, hey, maybe we can pray more like at least daily and ask God, what do you want me to do today? Who do you have for me to talk to today? Who am I going to encounter? What should I expect? They're going to be wearing a red hat or a green hat, you know, like whatever it is. He'll tell you things to come. He'll prepare you. And when you open your mouth wide, he will fill it with the right words so that you can say the right thing, the right way in love, speaking the truth in love at the right time. Amen. Verse five says, and now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. You know, when, when Jesus performed the need, what was needful for him to do, then he got to ask for these things. Glorify me. Get me in your presence and bring bring the glory like we had before I came down here as a human. Amen. Do you see this, this is deep. Let's, let's slow it down. Verse number six. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Christy, you send me a lot of songs from acapella or acapella vocal band and all that. um, And I love that. I've always loved this group. And there's one song. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. I remember these lyrics from this acapella song. And this is life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This comes from right here. I manifested your name to the people you gave me out of the world. What did Jesus need to do? Manifest God's name to the people that were given to him. I will tell you this. Not everyone's been given to me to reach. And not everyone has been given to you to reach. There's going to be so many people in this world I never meet, never have access to, never tune into my little YouTube channel, whatever. They don't know me. They don't know my address. They're not coming to me for anything. But someone else knows them. And what if it's like that six degrees of separation? What if I know someone in that link and they get over there and, and they preach the gospel to them and they tell them something? That See, that's what we need to be thinking. The world is smaller than we think, but it's also bigger than we realize. Yours they were and you gave them to me and they've kept your word. Now they know everything that you've given me is from you. Look at verse eight, because remember, we're not talking about all the other people. We're talking about Jesus. What did Jesus need to do? Right? It's not like, Jesus, you, you show me something and then maybe I'll consider. No, it's like, but let's just start here with his needs. His needs should trump our needs. Okay, I'm going to go with that one absolutely and a couple tentative head nods. Verse 8. I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them. That's good that they received them, but what's, what goes before them receiving anything? Yeah, yeah, Jesus needed to give them so they can hear and receive. But Jesus needed to give them first. I have given them the words that you gave me. Remember earlier I was talking about Peter said, where else would we even go? Only you have the words of life. We don't even love what we just heard from you. But man, that, where else could we go? Remember he was like, you got to eat me and drink me. Yeah. Ah, that sounds weird. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. Oh, yeah. Sounds <laughs> g- gruesome. Was this some kind of horror movie? But he said, he said these are hard sayings, Lord, and they were. But Jesus was giving out the truth. He was bringing the kingdom all the time. This is how the kingdom works. This is how the kingdom works. It's come near to you. Check it out. Do it this way. I have given them the words that you gave me. Remember, he said, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but the Father is true. I only speak to the world the things that he says. I don't even think Jesus would have been wrong to say them. They would have been true, but Father God has a timeline too. He's like, give him this and let it ride. And Jesus restrained himself not to say everything he wanted to say. I just got to say this. No, you don't. No, you don't. And sometimes we have to open them and say what the Father tells us. See, it's both. There's a restraint. There's a discipline. That's the root word of discipleship. So we're talking about making disciples. It's like, hey, help people get disciplined in what they say, do, think, feel even, right? They've received him and have come to know in truth that I came from you and they've re- believed that you sent me. Verse 9. I am praying for them. You know, that's still true. Jesus is still praying for us at the right hand of the Father, even though he's not here on the earth right now. Do you know that to be true? Yes. Make an intercession for us. Seat at the right hand of the Father, right? I know exactly where he is. I know exactly what he's doing right now. Amen. He's praying for you and me that we'll hear this and get this and do the word, not just hear it. Not just learn something, but go out there and do it. So what did Jesus need in verse 9? I heard prayer, but I want to be more specific. What? Jesus needed to pray for others. If you're taking notes, these are good notes to take. Jesus needed to pray for others. His needs. He needed to do this. (laughs) I'm not praying for the world. Isn't that interesting? He's not praying for the world. He's praying for those that God gave him to do the work. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers out into his harvest field, because the harvest is white, ready for harvesting. Pray for harvesters. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I'm glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them... I kept them in your name. What did Jesus need to do? Keep us in the Father's name. Yes. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the Son of Destruction, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. So what did Jesus need to do? Yeah, he needed to guard them. I know this is kind of basic, right? We're going through the Scriptures, but have you ever read it like this before? That Jesus was on the hook for all of this? He had to do it. If he didn't do it, where would we be? Lost. But now I'm coming to you, verse 13. And these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Jesus needs to have his joy fulfilled in us. That's why he spoke. Verse 14 says, I have given them your word. Does that sound like something Jesus needed to do? Give them the word of the Father. I've done this. It's a, he, he did it. He didn't just be like, I hope they get you know, the truth of God somehow. He spoke it to them. He gave it away. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Look at verse number 15. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Okay. So we're coming in here a little bit more in view What did Jesus need here? Should should I just come around for this one? This seems like a a punchy one. All right, Cindy, let's, let's give it a try. What did Jesus need here? We're not to be of the world. We're to go out to the world and minister to them. But we can't let the evil of the world destroy us. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. We're in the world, but not of the world. He said, I don't ask you to take him out of the world. I want them to stay in the world. Even though the world can be a rough place. He still needs us here. That's right, Will. But what else does Jesus need? If we're going to be here, Jesus needs something else. He needs us to preach to the world. That's right. He needs us to preach to the world. And to keep us away from the evil one. That's true. But deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever yeah you got it keep them from the evil one but don't take them out of the world isn't that deep if it was me I'd be like I tell you what we can kill two birds with one stone I'll tell you what I'll just rip all the believers out of the world and they'll be protected from the evil one and they won't have to go through all that mess bingo bango good thing I'm not God That wouldn't be patient and long suffering with the rest of the world who still needs to come into the kingdom, who still needs to add to the bride of Christ. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Verse number 17 says Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them in your word. Sanctify them in truth. We sanctify our meals by the word of God in prayer. Yeah, that's what we do. And we eat. Who's going to pray? And if, if one of our kids prays that night and they miss it, it's like, hey, what are we doing with the food? Oh, I sanctify it by the word of God. Mm. Amen. Amen. It, this, we're not just eating it's just anyone else eats. We're doing this unto the Lord. We're thanking him for it, recognizing for it and saying, nourish us to do your work. Sanctify it, and keep us healthy. Nourish our bodies, strengthen our bodies. Let us do good with this nourishment and sustenance. Sanctify them, set them apart by your word. Jesus needed us sanctified in the truth. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Did Jesus need to send people into the world to continue his mission? Yes. Yeah, we call it a co-mission, And Jesus called it the great commission. The great commission. You go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And you baptize them and you teach them everything that I've commanded you, in fact. Number 19, and for their sake I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. So did Jesus need to consecrate himself? Yeah, why did he need to consecrate himself? Yes, yeah, so that they all may be sanctified in truth. You see it right there in the scripture. Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, and in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. There's a lot here. He's asking also for future believers. Do you see this? Not just for those who believe right now. I'm asking also for those who will believe as they go and do this. Through whose word? Verse 20, through whose word? Shout it out. Hold on, I got differing opinions here. Look at verse 20. It says it right there. Through whose word? Their Their word, Olive. Very good. Olive was the loudest one, so she gets the credit. (laughs) We're tempted to say through God's word. Yeah, Yeah, but their word is God's word, right? That's why it worked. But it wasn't just God's word alone, right? Imagine. All right. Good luck. It's there. It exists. I got to say something through their word. I am praying for future believers because what my current believers are going to be saying. That's what we have to catch on to. Jesus needed to pray for us. This is us. We weren't alive then. When Jesus was saying this, we haven't come on a scene yet. But now we're here. (laughs) Now I am here. Also, for those who will believe in me through their word, that or so that they may all be one. Does Jesus need us to be one or does he need us to be different, separate? We need to be one. He needs us to be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And what else does he need? That they also may be in us. It sounds like Jesus is just kind of making sure he covers all the bases over here. I in you and you in me and mine are yours and yours are mine. And they're in us and they're in me and they're in you and I'm in you and you're in me. He says all this. Just I'm going to touch everything. Right. Your kids ever do that to you? Like, they, they, they sandwich you in to make sure that so we're, we're, we're going to Disneyland tomorrow. We're going in the morning. Right. We're going to stay all day. Right. We're going to get this thing. right? We're going to go on this ride. Did they ever do that? Yeah. We, trust me, that was not prophetic. We're not going to Disneyland. <laughs> <See> these prices. <laughs> no. Nope. All right. That they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Does Jesus need the world to believe that God, the real God, the living God, somewhere in heaven sent him to do this work? Yes, Yes. Yes, he does. In order for him to get what he, he wants a bigger family, a stronger bride, more people. Every individual, every person counts. He wants everyone. He doesn't want any to perish, he wants all to come to repentance. Join into the family, join in the bride, become the bride. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has plans, custom made plans that the master builder drew up from long ago that we should be walking in them. Verse 22 says, the glory that you have given me, I've given to them. Did Jesus need to give glory away to believers? Yeah, apparently he did. Yeah, he's nice and all, but he had to do it. The whole plan falls apart of Jesus that didn't do these things. So he needed to do them them things. That they may be one, even as we are one. I and them and you and me. Yes, Yes. here he is. That they may become perfectly one. Jesus doesn't need us to just be one. Kind of one. He needs us to be what? Perfectly Perfectly one. Thank you. Good reading, Olive. I'm calling out Olive because she's shouting these out and she's eight years old. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them. How's the world going to know? We got to be perfectly one. This is why I'm talking to everybody at the same time, because we all have the same job: make disciples. Go, 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 go. Make disciples. Go, make disciples. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. See where wherever you're getting your great commission from. He's saying the same thing. You got to go, and you got to make disciples. So when we're perfectly one and we all know what job we all have, then we'll do that one job. That the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory. All right. So what does Jesus need? What are part of his needs here? What do you see here? What does Jesus need? He needs us to see his glory but in order to do that, we need to be where he is. That's right. That they may be with me where I am. Jesus is not trying to be far away from us, you see? He's trying to be right there with us at all times. He said even into eternity in heaven, I want to be right there with you. I don't want to just bring you to heaven. I'm going to go beyond south side heaven, you be on east side heaven. No, he said we're going to be together. I want to be together. Amen. I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory. It's important to him. He needs us to see his glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me these current believers, these current followers, these current disciple makers. Verse 26 says, I made known to them your name. And I'll continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Here he is just doubling down on it. What does Jesus need here? Start at the very beginning. Let's just let's keep on track. Yeah, he needed to make known the father's name. Yes. He needed to do that. And he needed, Laura said, to continue to make it known. He couldn't just say it the one time. Yeah, I already told you, though. You weren't paying attention. So, no, he kept on keeping on. So that the love with which you have loved me may be in them. He made the Father's name known and continued to make the Father's name known so that we can have God's love inside us. Is that deep? How deep the Father's love for us. Does that ping? How vast beyond all measure that He should give His only Son and make a wretch His treasure. I won't sing the whole thing, although the whole thing is great. And I in them. Jesus needs us to contain Him. Does that feel like a reach or a stretch? Or do you see that in the Word? He needs to be in us. Is there any other reading? Can you make up a different application to this? I don't think so. And I in them. Current and future believers for all time. Jesus wants to be in us. That's why he was like, don't you go anywhere, do anything until you get the Holy Spirit. Then you can go out and really, I'm with you, I'm empowering you, I got you, I'm backing you, I'm telling you things to come, all of it. Because you have my Holy Spirit. Too often, believers go out there, hey, hey, look, I got my sins forgiven. Jesus died on the cross. And that's true. But we got nothing else for anyone else. We should have everything else for everyone else. Whoever has ears to hear is going to get it. A couple of quick scriptures, now that we've really gone the distance with John 17, exhausted the chapter. I'm proud of us. You're like, we we never got through a chapter that fast when we were doing the book of John. (laughs) Two verses at a time. All right. Isaiah 52, verse 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. And ladies, if you want to contextualize it, are the feet of her who bring good news. Jesus is okay with that. Who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. God, the real God. We've been reading in the Solid Life Reading Plan. Anyone see God getting all sarcastic? Have you seeing that? Hey, you, you made this God for yourself. You know, you carved it out of the same wood that you warm yourself with and you cook your food over and you build shelters out of, right? And then and hey, that's going to be your God and you bow down to it and you pray to it. Let that thing deliver you. <laughs> Just call to it. See what it says. God is being all sarcastic. It's so funny to me. As we're reading the scripture, you didn't think that God was sarcastic. Every once in a while, he gets a little, you know, bitey. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Did Jesus bring good news? Yeah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news. Amen. Who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation. I like these words in the English Standard Version, publishes. It's like there's a record of this. And it's, it's able to be distributed and given out. I publish that. You publish something online. You publish a YouTube video or a blog post or you publish a book. You publish something. You, you, you publish a tweet, I guess. You publish it. out. It's out there for other people to experience and grab onto. Jesus did that. And who says. They're not just writing something down. They're also saying out of their mouths, God reigns. There's a God and he's the king. He reigns. Last one, Mark 16, 15. Here's Jesus saying to all current and future believers, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes, anybody who's going to be willing to believe this and is baptized will be saved. Whoever doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name... They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents. No, thank you. With their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and the sick will recover. So let's just hang there before we round out the last two verses. Jesus said to every current and future believer, you go. He's like, I'm going to heaven. I can't do this anymore. I've done it with you. But now their only shot, their only chance is you. You have to go into all the world and preach good news to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And look, these are components of it. They're going to cast out demons. Jesus needs us to say it. Cast out demons. That's absolutely true. And with the Holy Spirit, you can. Yes. Without the Holy Spirit, do not try. Don't go anywhere close to that. Just trust me. I'd rather you not do it because you're going to get whipped and beaten, stripped naked and sent on your way in disgrace. Like them Skiva boys. Seven of them couldn't do it. Don't try without the Holy Spirit. But when you have the Holy Spirit, come on, you say it and they have no option but to flee. Shut up and get out. In the name of Jesus. It's not my power, but I'm flipping that switch with my authority on the earth because he's given me a spirit. And now when I speak, it's exactly like he's speaking. We got to get this. This is identity stuff. They will speak in new tongues. Has anyone heard the term speaking in tongues? Show me your hands. If you've heard that term, speaking in tongues. Yeah, we've heard that. Just be honest. Hold on. Has that, whenever you heard it ever in your life, did it ever freak you out? My hand is up. It freaked me out doesn't freak me out anymore. I've studied the Bible more. I've been around teachers who say, look, if the Apostle Paul is trying to get everyone to speak in tongues because he does it more than anybody else, come on, nothing to be afraid of. Same Holy Spirit. Nothing has stopped. Jesus just stopped being here in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Now he's here in spirit through every single one of us. That's the only thing that stopped is Jesus been in flesh right here. But he gave us his spirit, which is even better. He says, better that I go away. It's better that I'm not there on the flesh, and so I can give you all my spirit. So that anybody in the whole world, they encounter a spirit filled Christian, believer, follower of Christ, disciple, whatever, they get the chance to have a demon cast out of them. As many as are in them, to tell you the truth. If you've got a lot of demons, you can have all of them cast out. Amen. This is our job, and we've got to step up to our job. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they. I don't even want to talk about it. Just, I hate it. I hate it. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. I was telling people, I said, I think, that, you know, I had COVID several months ago. And Mountain Dew, I'm off Mountain Dew now, which is crazy. If you know me, I love the stuff, right? And it's like, it doesn't taste right anymore. What is that? That's not right. And so why have all that caffeine and calories if it do not even taste right? So I'm on to Fresca. All right. <laughs> Bethany doesn't like it because of that fake sugar or whatever, but I'm on to Fresca. It, at least I can taste it. It tastes right. Let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Whose job is it to lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Is it Jesus' job? No, no it's my job. Say it. Yeah. And I'll tell you the reason why I don't start with it's our job is because we will think that we will be getting it done even if I don't do it. Everybody said that anybody could do the important things somebody should do. Everybody knows that anybody could do all the good things that nobody did. Yeah. Acapella. Someone else is going to do this. No, no, I. It's my job. Say, it's my job. job. To lay hands on the sick. sick. Pray Pray the prayer of faith. Anoint with oil. And see, the sick and see the sick recover. Why? Because I said so. I said so. The Bible says so. And that's why I say so, because because Jesus told me so. Right. <laughs> so then, verse 19, the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them. <laughs> this is this is us right now. He, he spoke to us. He was taken up in heaven and he sat down. Jesus ain't running around trying to do your job for you. He, he left and he sat down at the right hand of God. And verse 20, what do they do? What did we do? Ideally, if we're if we're shooting for that bullseye and we hit it, what are we doing now? Yeah, they go out everywhere. <laughs> they went out everywhere preaching. The Lord working with them and confirming the message by accompanying signs. He's like these people are telling the truth because look what's happening in their wake. Jen and I went sailing. Finally, we hoisted the mainsail and we got out there, caught some wind—not much. We were at snail's pace, but we didn't die. That's a huge win. We did it. As you're motoring out, we ain't gonna try to sail out. I have no idea. the wind gonna blow me into some million dollars, three, five million dollar yacht. i like, that's it. We're done. So we mowed around and, and people like we w- went too fast one time. People you know, say, like, slow down. we are going so fast. You know, because no wake. You can't have any wake in, in the harbor. So once you get out past the, the breakwater, them rocks, and then you can crank it up. Put the pedal to the metal. But Jesus is not saying don't make waves. Don't, don't go fast. Don't leave anyone. Don't leave awake. No, he's saying, get out there. I'm going to work with you so that there is a wake. People can tell that you were here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there was a big, remember that big old boat, that big jet boat. And here we are puttering along, you know, like just with the wind. And then here it comes. Our boat's doing this, you know, because why? He was here. He was leaving awake. This is what I'm talking about. Jesus wants to prove Himself and all of his true word through us going out there and being about his business, making disciples. He wants sick people to be not sick anymore because you were there. And you'd be like, you know what, in the name of Jesus, be healed. He sent his word and healed them. By his stripes, we are healed. Amen? Amen. You lay hands on the sick and see him recover. That's what we do. Confirm the message by accompanying signs. If we don't, then all we have is a message. All we have is a story. The greatest story ever told. As far as it goes, I like it. It is the greatest story ever told. The Bible is the best selling book. <laughs> I'm not sure it's the most read, but it's the best selling book anyway. Right. It's a little jab. I'll jab every once in a while. I'm just saying, we need to do the word, not just hear it. We love a message, don't we? We love, oh, a new message, a new teaching. And it's almost like the church. Has itching ears. We read those passages like, oh yeah, the world itching ears. It's the church that has itching ears. The world doesn't itch for messages about Jesus. They don't want to hear anything about him. So it must be in the gathering of believers like, just bring us another message. Pastor, just tell us something else. Tell us something good. We want to sit here and learn something. But he didn't tell us to come and learn and that's it. He said, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, you got to do the sayings that you hear. Yes. It's like a man building a house who dug deep, who made room in his schedule, who opened up his wallet, who opened up his mouth and said something to somebody that he loves and cares about, about Jesus and what he has for you. Laid the foundation on the rock so that, as Elisa was leading us earlier, we're not going to have the rug pulled out from under us. This is Saul. On cross the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All the other ground is sinking. When I build my life on Christ, the solid rock. This is what I'm talking to you about. Jesus had all kinds of things that he needed to do. And I wanted to kind of prime the pump so that you knew that I'm not just going to come to you. And we're not all just going to come to you and be like, all right, now it's our turn. Jesus needed to do a whole bunch of things that could you could you do all those things? Certainly not the way Jesus did them in his perfection, but we have our own set of things to do. His needs, her needs. Yeah, The bride has some needs too. Needs to be satisfied and needs to satisfy in a certain way. Yes? Needs to receive but needs to give. It's both. We're going to talk about all that with his needs, her needs. Jesus, the bridegroom, and the church, the bride. Amen. I want to ask you this to in in closing. What group is the only group that can see that Jesus gets what he needs and wants and deserves? Who wants to throw up a hand? Who are the only group of people that can ensure that Jesus gets what he needs and wants and deserves? Believers. Believers, that's right. That's exactly right. True believers. Believers who don't just hear the word and deceive themselves, but believers who do the word. Would you stand with me as the music plays and let's make a some sort of commitment to the Lord based on what we've heard? Lord, if I'm the only way that you're gonna get what you need and what you want and what you deserve, well help me (laughs) help you. Because sometimes we and the great thing about Jesus is he's like, I'll help you. I'll help you. Isn't God good? Our God is good. He did His whole part and doesn't need our help with any of it. And He even helps us with our part. And when we we acknowledge our weakness, Lord, I don't even, I can't I don't even think I could do this. He's like, I'll be with you. You go make disciples, and I will never leave you. I'll be with you to the end of the age. That's what He says. We have to commit to be about His business, which is making disciples out of other people, and really disciple makers. Disciples are disciple makers. If you're a true disciple, you're helping someone else help someone else who will help someone else. It's continual. Be fruitful and multiply. Same message. Let's everyone just bow your heads to eliminate distractions. There's no magic in bowing your head. But eliminate all distractions. You might want to close your eyes even. If you want to kneel down because you think, Lord, I... This is heavy. And just kneel before the presence of the King. You can do that. And let's speak something out to Him that would let Him know that we have really internalized this and heard what He's had to say. I'm not just a church attender. I don't just go to a place. I'm interested in the one I'm preparing to marry, the one I'm engaged to. If I'm a believer and I'm going to heaven and we're gonna to live together one day, and we're, and we're supposed to be one, and the two become one, right? Like in marriage, it talks about marriage in the Word. If, if we're supposed to do and all that, just tell the Lord something. Lord, I wanna be one with you. I wanna be one in purpose. I wanna be one in schedule. I wanna be one in power. I don't wanna go on my own strength. I want to go on your strength, and I have access to all of it. Let's recognize these things, and let's say them out of our mouths, Lord. Set me on a solid rock. Help me do the work that you gave me to do. Just like Jesus did the work that was given him to do. I want to be one with the groom. I see myself as the other half. And Jesus needs me to recognize what he did and to follow suit and be willing to give my life just as he gave his life, not just his death, but his life. You tell the Lord those things, and he'll honor you and he'll start speaking to you Vision. He'll, he'll put someone in your mind and say, You know what? You should call so and so. Reach out to them. Even if you haven't seen him for 30 years, reach out. Strike up a conversation. Tell them what Jesus is, is doing right now. Ask them if they know anything about Jesus. Ask them where they are in their spiritual life. Ask them if they have any needs. Maybe I need to lay hands on someone who's sick and see them recover. Maybe I need to cast out a demon in the name of Jesus. You never know, but God does. And if you ask, you'll receive. Everyone who asks receives. Lord, give me someone to disciple. Give me someone to speak your truth to. Lord, we are yours and you are ours. (laughs) Thank you for teaching us how to pray as we see the words of Jesus, even praying to you before he departed this world. Father, I don't know how much time we have left here, and I'm not some prognosticator and certainly not a doomsday preacher. But Lord, there is a closing time. And when it's closing time, I want to be able to stand before you. I want us all to be able to stand before you satisfied knowing that you got what you needed and we did what we needed to do. You're worth it. It is our pleasure to be about the kingdom, to do your will. We are satisfied in you. Would you just tell him, I am satisfied in you? But not just with what you give me, but with what you work through me, and what you will continue to work through me, because Jesus needs it. And we pray it all in his name. Amen.